That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retro Fandango, episode number 193. I am Kevin, here with my buddy Richard. We have nicknames, but they're there on the screen. And if you're not watching, then you don't know what our nicknames are. Where is the sauce? You got the reminders. Uh, He's probably busy. It's a Saturday. He's busy watching those Wisconsin sports teams. How important those things are. Who needs them? Uh, this month, got some updates here. Doing the house cleaning this month, Cartridge Club is playing Spyro the Dragon. Ooh, is that the first one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the Spyro the Dragon is the very first game I ever played on PlayStation. And was it good? Uh, it, it was a demo disc. I oh. got my PS1. Had a little demo disc. I put it in. I... It was the first time I ever played like a 3D game. Oh, okay. So I put that in. And I was like, "Wow, I can I can go into the distance." <laughs> when yeah, did I'm on, was, I'm on the Z axis? Wasn't Spyro a little later release on the? Well, I didn't get it right away. I won a PS1 in a raffle. Oh. So it was just uh, that's the thing it came with. It had a little demo disc, and I was like, "Ooh, look at this." Fancy new stuff. I remember seeing Super Mario 64 on the news. That was big news at the time. Right. Like, wow, look at that. You can go, you can go well, three I, directions now. I didn't buy a PlayStation 1 until 2010. <laughs> I, had a, I had a PlayStation 2. I was, I was in uh, Sudbury, in my hometown of Sudbury at the time, and I just got a PlayStation 2. And I found a bunch of PlayStation One games for cheap, so I I picked them up. And then I realized, like, I you know, I'm, it's going to be like a week before we go back home, so I'm not going to be able to test out any of these games, and because it was at a hawk shop, right? And uh, I won't be able to make sure that they work before I uh, go back home. Um, so they had a PlayStation One there for ten dollars with two controllers and memory card. I said, what the heck? <laughs> so I got him to test it out all my games, and that's the PlayStation 1 I still have. Nice. But you never really use it, right? No. No, if I'm going to play PlayStation 1 games, 99.9% of the time it's going to be on the PlayStation 3, maybe on the PlayStation 2, or just emulate it. <laughs> but how often are you going to play a PlayStation game? I mean, the last one I played was uh, Metal Gear Solid. And then when the Cartridge Club did it, I ended up playing it on the PC. So, there you go. Hey, we got Mrs. Hey, Q-Dog here. Melissa. One person here. Right on. Well, we better get to it because she's probably going to have to cook supper in like five minutes or something. So, Oh, you have to play Spyro. You got to well, play Spyro. Look, it's on sale. On the PlayStation, but I want it on sale for something better, like the Xbox or PC. It's on sale. Did they um? Did they uh put that original Spyro onto other consoles? 
Because I know later Spyro games were available everywhere. They yeah, like the they like they came out with a trilogy, games. right? Mm-hmm. Like a remastered trilogy of the first three PlayStation games, and you can get that on anything: Switch, PC, oh PC. Xbox. Or is that right? PlayStation. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, I'm go. gonna test your theory here. It's on Steam. I looked it up because I, I saw it was on sale on PlayStation, or someone tweeted it out. Well, that's what you say. But, uh, we Curtis got re- tweeted regions out. to consider. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, while you're checking out your regions. Oh wow! Look at that. Look at you. All right, you get a point. Go. Is it going on the wish list? Well, it's not on sale. Mm. But on the wish list. On the wish list. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if we can get it on the wish list. I don't know. Hey, look at this. We've got Toku Joe now coming in because Eric's those. sitting beside Melissa. We've got Toku Joe. Look at that. If I buy the Spyro and Crash Remastered game bundle, I do save 8%. Well, I'd wait for it to go on sale. I'd well, yeah, because saving 8% is still almost $100. What? $100? Oh, my goodness. How much? Well, that's for the two, Spyro and Crash. Spyro on its oh. own. Spyro oh, Reignited Trilogy is over $50. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like $54 here on, on Steam. Yeah, no, I'd wait for it to go on on a real sale. Oh yes, uh, I don't. Games, I don't buy Steam games unless they're a significant percentage off. Speaking of games of the month, uh, RF Gen is playing. Uh, they're playing a PlayStation One game as well. Something called Brave Fencer Masashi. I used to have that. I, I've I never bought heard it, of it. I bought it for one hundred yen, or one dollar. And I played about, I don't know, five minutes of it. What is and it? And I sold it. What is it? RPG? Uh, I, I, I didn't get that far into it. I, I think it's some <laughs> kind of action RPG. You play as like a little samurai guy. And I remember some of the enemies have guns. Mm. And you got a sword. Mm. And you got to hit them with your sword. Oh, that sounds okay. I, I I saw the title and I thought one of those strategy games. You know, there may be more uh, RPG elements to it later on, but I remember walking from the left to the right and cutting people with my sword. It might have copy, been snowing. Copy and paste. That so helps I can look you. It up. My goodness. Let's see here. There's a there's a long play for three hours. We can just just watch that for the next uh, hour and a half. And uh, there's a show for you. There's an episode. Hey, look at us helping people out. Let's share this screen. There you go. You probably can't hear uh, it, right? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Let's see here. What do you do in this game? Oh, you look at load screens. Yeah, that's a PlayStation One game, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a 2.5 3D. Get some some gameplay here. Uh, yeah, talking. Oh gosh, menus. 
he's pogoing like uh, oh, Uncle Scrooge. I turn this down. It's way too loud. Yeah. I can't hear anything. Yeah, I can barely hear you. No, I mean I cannot hear the game at all. Uh, yeah, I know. Here is you. Okay, here we go. Oh. Here's some gameplay. Oh, he just went. <laughs> Another load screen. I bet your PlayStation gonna... One games were not that long. They were just load screens. <laughs> like, Fifty percent load screen. Yeah, but eight-hour games actually took you four hours to complete. This is four hours of load screen. Wow. Well, look at that. Yeah, you you ran around a corner. <laughs> I know this is great audio for people listening in their cars right now, but you can imagine. That game looks a little fun, though. I should have given it more time. The only thing, this is what bothers me, though. The load screens I can handle, all the constant talking and menus and just... Yeah, where's it, when does he, like, fight around. dudes? Oh, he's getting some coins here. You got to get there first. Oh, up, up, up. Oh, yeah. No, that's not frustrating What's at all. your favorite platforming? <laughs> I bet you you just can't go up there. Oh, he did it. Look how he's hugging that wall, too, at the back, right? He does not want to fall off that. <laughs> and he just went down the front. Found a friend. Uh, talk, 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 talk. I swear, I'm trying to find some action here. You're looking for a boss fight. I think that's the game. You know, you a lot of platforming and, and then platforming and, and slashing up the occasional oh, person. Oh, is that uh, like a robot? Oh, my gosh. Wow, this game looks boring. Oh, here we go. Here's a boss fight. This is dead air for anyone listening. <laughs> We're just sitting here watching. <laughs> He's it kind of looks like a, like a hyped-up xenomorph. I guess, yeah. And he's in a hole, and he's cutting it with his sword. Do you have to okay. like hit the, knock that thing on his head or something? There you go. Ooh. Okay, doesn't look that interesting. Uh, it looks like uh, one of those PlayStation games that's just very start and stop. Like I'm mm -hmm. doing something now, I gotta wait. I'm doing something now, I gotta wait. I don't know. It might be great. I'll have to listen to the podcast to find out. It's. Uh... I'm, I believe it was a pretty hot seller. That's why I was able to find it for only a dollar. I've honestly never heard of it. Uh, I, I I doubt you'll ever play it. Uh, beat the Bandy Challenge slash Beat the Duke Challenge this month is uh, the Wrecking Crew or just Wrecking Crew. Yeah. That's the reaction we get from Richard to say. Um, I was just trying to think, is Wrecking Crew, does that star Wario or Mario, or is it some other character? I think it's supposed to be Mario. Uh, it's a uh, black, what do they call it, black label? You know those? Yeah, you go up the ladder, the you hit the, you hit the yeah. wall with the hammer. Yeah. yeah. I've never I, played... I thought I remembered some little trivia bit about how that's it's not I assumed Mario. it was Mario, but uh, get ready for some more dead air, people. What do I have to cover with? 
while he looks uh, that up. Wrecking um, crew. I got nothing. Uh, Horizon. Forza Horizon Five's coming out, and I'm excited. That's it. I've I haven't been excited for a video game in a very long time. Uh, it's Mario or Luigi. Well, there wouldn't be any Wario yet, right? He was created right, later for like the Game Boy. I guess I don't know. I don't game, remember these things. He anymore. was from. He spawned from Mario Land, right? Super Mario Land Two, or who knows? I did wake up just a few minutes before we started. Not quite up to speed yet. Let's see. Even Horizon Zero Dawn on a PS4 had really long load screens. Yeah, it's a PlayStation. Uh, that's her thing. Long load screens. That's her thing. Mm-hmm. My favorite load screens were from the X-Men Legends games because they would put a picture of a superhero up there. I'm like, hey, I'm looking at Wolverine while I'm not playing. The um, uh, Bayonetta ones were pretty good because you could like do the moves while the game was loading. You could try it like, like if you bought a new move and then like you can try like getting it right. Well, that was uh, by what, 360 PS3 days, so they had a little more they could do with load screens. Yeah. For sure. Oh, look at this. Eric's excited for Forza 5 as well. He bought 4, so he's ready for 5. <laughs> you don't have to play them in order. They're just racing games. Just go nuts. <laughs> have fun. You can These stick them on the shelf. People. I, 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 like. I get it. You know, like if you know, if you like, I want to get into this series. I want to start at the first one and go through it. But then when you like get to like the second game or the third game and it's not speaking to you and then you're just stuck, like you won't enjoy the rest of the series because you're hung up on like the third game or something. It's like, just go, just drop it. It's okay. You don't have to play the third one. Like just go on to the fourth one or whatever, you know. I'm curious to do that with the, the Mission Impossible movies. Because I hear good things about the newer ones and yeah. uh, that they're better than the original ones. Yeah. So I was like, can I skip those one, two, and three and just go into the ones where they they start giving yeah. them subtitles without numbers? Well, I so was I on, watch them in a certain order. I was on Bill's show, the previous episode of Bill's show, The Collectors, and I got, I got a shellacking for saying that the Mission Impossible movies were bad. Because I only watched the first two, and apparently you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to watch from three and on. I'm like, oh, I've heard, yeah, I heard that two is the worst one. Well, the first one wasn't that great either. It's kind of stupid too. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. I don't know. So apparently you're supposed to start at three and start watching from there. Like, I don't know. I watched the first one, and I thought it was dumb. Uh-huh. And then the second movie comes out, and this it's in theaters, right? And and they're like, people come back from watching it, and they're like, oh, it was the greatest, it was, it was so awesome. You got to watch Mission Impossible 2. I'm like, okay, well, when it comes out on video, I'll watch it. That's how long ago this was, back when movies came out on video. They're like, no, no, you got to go to the theater and see it. It's that good. Like, I, I'm not going to pay money to go see Mission Impossible 2 and 3. No, you have to. And so they they literally dragged me to the theater to watch this Mission Impossible 2. And I'm like, okay, I'll keep an open mind. I started watching. I thought it was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. Not the, not, well, at the time, yeah, it was the dumbest until I saw like five minutes of it. 
somewhere in the beginning or the middle or whatever, I remember I remember him hiding in a bathtub. Yes. Was that no? Was that That's all I I don't know, maybe it was a different movie. I remember Tom Cruise laying in a bathtub. No, that's and uh... in, in the trailer there was um motorcycles. That's what I know about Mission Impossible 2. John Wu. The movie, the movie where movie? he's hiding in the bathtub is Minority Report. No. I saw Minority Report and that sucked. I don't remember any bathtubs. He hides in the bathtub in Minority Report. Does he hide in the bathtub in Minority Report while wearing a suit? Because I'm pretty sure he was wearing a suit. I think he might be because it's the bad guys caught caught him like to the Wikipedia's. I got nothing left to cover you. I will talk as I type. Don't worry. Does Tom Cruise hide in a bathtub in Minority <laughs> yes, he does. Port or Mission Impossible? Oh, what a cover, man. You you waste that. Hey. Jack Reacher uh, has a scene where he's hiding in a tub. Maybe that's a th- maybe that's his thing. <laughs> Is that just part of his contract? We gotta have a scene where I hide in a tub. Well, Is he's some so, he's Scientology enough, thing. He's short enough to fit in those tubs. He doesn't have to stand up. Uh, just... Tom Cruise hides in bathtub movie yeah because it was these little little uh robots that could that could track your life sign so he went underneath the water so they wouldn't be able to find him i i want to say that that also happened in mission impossible too there's little robots looking for tom cruise it could i have no idea what those movies are about i haven't seen them are there robots in mission impossible too it sounds like there would be robots in Mission Impossible movie. He definitely rides a motorcycle into, and he walks through. There's like a gateway, and he walks through, and there's like this glowing light behind him as he walks through it, and then doves go flying everywhere, Ooh. like he is the second coming of Jesus. Well, that sounds fantastic. They went through all the trouble to set that up, and you can't appreciate that. I wanted to. That's that is the moment where I wanted to leave. I wanted to walk out. I've never walked out of the theater while watching the movie. But the two movies that I wanted to walk out was Mission Impossible 2, but I couldn't because my ride was, <laughs> was in the theater. <laughs> and uh, that Batman and Robin movie, it was so bad. But I felt so bad because I was the one that really wanted to see it. And I was like, I just I just sat there and t- took my medicine. Uh, what a shame. It took me a long time to watch that movie. Or was it? It was the third one. What's the third Batman? Third one's Val Kilmer. Yeah, that's and the, the Riddler. Oh, okay. Holy, Batman yeah. and Robin is the one that has Batman and Robin. That's the Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, Bat credit card. But Robin's in the third one. That was the he whole is. movie. Where's he is? Were. Yeah. I was so dumb because you knew that Batman and Robin were going to get together and they dragged that out throughout the entire movie. Anything. I hate it when they do that. Don't they do that with all the superhero movies too? Or they, they always have to fight first. Get together. And like, yeah, but like, uh, punch, punch, kick, kick. And then, okay, now we're going to be a team. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But with Batman and Robin, you already knew it was going to be Robin. 
Like there was just nothing. Like just get to it. Go yeah. to him. make him Robin. We don't need uh, the whole build up. Everybody knows Batman and Robin. Yeah. Well, it's the same with all these uh, anything. Well, I didn't like. I don't. All know superheroes have to fight when they first team up, and then they learn to be friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What do you want to say about Costco? Let's start this show. Let's do it. I didn't even know you had Costco over there. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I did know that we had Costco here for a long time. Costco's been around for a bit. But uh, it's always been inaccessible. You know, there aren't too many locations. And it's always been, ah, it's too far. Uh, you know, years ago, we didn't have a car. So it didn't make sense to go there. And we got a car and it was like, ah, we still got to drive on the highway to another prefecture. Eh. So finally, uh, in April of this year, one opened uh, relatively close. Still about a 40-minute drive to get there. But I was really excited because I wanted to go to Costco. They got stuff there that I cannot get anywhere else. I wanted to look around. I wanted to see giant packages of food. I wanted to push around a giant <laughs> shopping cart. It's I like, want to see giant like going, packages of food, damn it. Yes, it's like going to Mini America. So, true, I mean, it, so, uh, you know, April it opened up, but because of pandemic shenanigans and stuff, we thought we should wait, mm-hmm. pick a mm-hmm. good time. I was like, all right, let's head out there. Let's finally go check it out. So I went out there, signed up, because you can't go in unless you get a membership. That's right. I was like, yeah, but I'm determined. I I, want to go in, and there's probably stuff in there that I want to pick up. So go check it out. We finally went in, and now I got my card, and I'm living the white trash paradise, going to Costco, picking up big bags of tortilla chips. I'm happy. I'm very happy. I was so excited to go because it's just like, like I said, it's like going to mini America. And I, I was looking forward to that feeling of, of losing where I am, just kind of forgetting for a minute and being like, hey, this kind of feels like home. I was so excited. And there were, there were tons of people there. I was surprised how many people were there. And as much as uh, foreigners like to make fun of Americans and their, their big fat fatso ways, I saw plenty of people loading up their carts with with cheap pies and donuts and mm. stuffing their faces with hot dogs at the exit. It was nice. Yeah, corporate Whatever America is going to make the whole world fat. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to stop at USA. It's it's going everywhere, man. Oh yeah, and I was surprised though because a lot of the stuff that comes here, like McDonald's and things, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people tell me. I believe the same thing is like the portion size just a little bit smaller. Make everything a little bit smaller for the Japanese market. Costco, they don't mess around. Everything there was full-sized. Everything was gigantic. You can buy big slices of pepperoni pizza and, and, and hot dogs and other things at their concession stand. And they sell all the big packages, and it's all just the standard Costco size. They had a pack of muffins that, you know, it, it's huge. It's like It's like if I put two hands together. You know, trying to make a muffin, uh, but you have to buy two packs of them to get twelve muffins that are going to expire in like three days. Like yeah. I can't buy it because I'm just not going to eat that much. Yeah. So I was but, saying, uh, like we would buy uh, m- those muffins only when my parents were here, so they could take half of them, and then yeah. you would eat like a half of one of those. <laughs> like you mm. cut it in half, that'd be enough. 
But yeah, so it, it's the thing you have to bring a few people or make an arrangement like, hey, yeah. you know, I'll pick something up for you. We'll split it. But there are still some good things in there. I got oh, yeah, a big like it, jug of uh, Canadian maple syrup. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Kirkland? All natural. Kirkland? It's the Kirkland brand. It's like all natural, pure Canadian maple syrup. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there's just a bunch of stuff in there. A lot of stuff that normally I, I would not have access to. So for me, it's worth it. Well, their and electronics uh, department in there was always aces, at least they, when I went there. I have a feeling that the one that opened up near me is a little bit smaller than uh, most Costco's. They do have some electronics, but it's not a very large section. Um, but, you know, there's a couple of things. They had TVs and, and a couple of computers and... Well, back in the appliances. day, you could return any product you wanted for any reason. Like that really? was part of the reason why you paid your membership. Yeah. So oh. for a while there, people would they would go buy a computer. They're like, okay, I, uh, you know, I want the new computer because uh, the Pentium Four is out now. And this Pentium Three is no good. So they just go to Costco and say, yeah, I don't want this Pentium Three anymore. They get their money back and then go put it towards the new Pentium Four. Mm, nice. I did notice that they had a big return counter there. Well, they, it, I don't think you can do that anymore. They caught on to a few things and they stopped, uh, you know, a <laughs> lot of it. But, like, you actually have to have, a, like, a legit reason if you want to return stuff. But for a while there, they, they you didn't need any reason to return anything. You could just return mm -hmm. it for whatever. I mute my phone. Who's calling popular you? Guy. I'm a very popular guy. Hmm. I'll tell you who's calling me later. Uh, is it Riva? <laughs> My friend Riva, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just had a lot of fun walking around Costco, and I plan on going back. And I might go back just to get a slice of pizza once in a while. Big 40-minute drive. To get well, here's the thing. It's 40 minutes to get there, but it's actually right on the way to work for me oh. one day a week. I, I Four days a week, I go to a campus that's very close by. And then one day a week, I got to go to the far one. I got to take the highway. And I pass right by the Costco. It's right on the, oh. the entrance to the highway. So uh, it's easy enough for me just to stop in there, pick something up at home. Well, Sarah and I, we haven't gone to Costco in about 10 years. Like we let our membership expire because we just don't have a big family. So it's not really worth it for us to get, <laughs> you know, we used to go there and load up on meat and that and put it in the freezer and, you know, break up like the, you know, the, like you get a big thing of chicken, you know, and then you mm -hmm. break them up, put two pieces of chicken in the Ziploc bags and put them in the freezer and all that. And then it's yep. like, why, why are we doing this? Like just to save a few pennies. And, and plus the Costco's here are insanely popular. Like you mm -hmm. cannot, like you go to a, a Costco on a Sunday or Saturday or Sunday or Friday, or Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, it doesn't matter. You go, <laughs> people are parked out in the street. To get into we, Costco. We had trouble finding a spot. We had a circle around for a bit, and I saw a lot of people doing the illegal parking, adding that, like, extra space yep. at the end. And yeah. It, it was nuts. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm i not planning on going there all the time, but it, it does allow me to get things that otherwise I have no access to. So yeah. it's fun for me. And, and occasionally I might want to dip in and get one myself one of them giant 
pies or tarts or whatever they got there. They 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 have a lot of good stuff there. Like their even their clothing and stuff would always you know good prices. That, that I jumped right into because it's jackets and pants are okay, but it's so difficult to find t-shirts and socks and mm-hmm. shoes that fit me here. Yeah, because uh, shirts what I buy that should be my size. As soon as you put your arms above your head, whoop, your belly button sticks out. It's like the <laughs> torso is cut several centimeters shorter. So I, I went right over to the clothing section and I found some nice Levi's products and I, I bought some shirts. Did you ever watch King of the Hill? Are you a fan of that show? Oh, I, I saw quite a bit of it. I haven't seen everything though. Do you remember uh, the Tom Petty character? Uh, he was, uh, Luann's boyfriend there for a while and uh, he wouldn't get a job. Hank Hill would be like, why don't you get a job? And he, he's like, I'm not getting a job because he's waiting on his settlement from when he slipped on pee-pee at the Costco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that show in a while. I just bought the first six seasons. I found it at the Mission Thrift. So they were like $6 a piece. And I'm like, what the heck? Grab all nice. those. Because there is how many, a, how many seasons? How long did that show go on? There was a there was a lot more than what I just got. They just had the first seat, six there, but uh, I think it went on for like thirteen years. Because it would my goodness. Well, it would be like full seasons, right? Like they would come back and they would do ten episodes, and then it would go away for a while, and then they'd come back and do ten more. Or so hmm. for for a while there towards the end, but that show that show was pretty consistent though. Yeah, it, it was you fun. Know, man. Is that uh, it had definitely had its moments? Did you Did find he... out what movie Tom Hanks or Tom Hanks Tom Cruise hides in the bathtub? No, I, I I'm willing to believe that he does that in every movie. Every now. movie, okay. All right, let's move on. Mm. Um, What's next? Tremors podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, hand. Let me adjust it. I, I found the real name. It's Tremors Making Perfection. That's Making pretty good. Perfection. Um, I did listen to the first episode. It dropped, as they say, yesterday. Mm. Um, eh. mm. It's only half an hour. Uh, the big promotion thing was Michael Gross is hosting, so I imagined it's going to be Michael Gross sitting down and having conversations right. with other cast and crew. Michael Gross comes on, and he reads an intro. He says, hey, I'm Michael Gross. We're going to go in-depth on this uh, Tremors, and you're going to hear from the cast and crew. So let's go to pre-recorded audio of cast member talking to somebody else. And Uh. then it goes to, uh, it it was one of the writers, um, S.S. Wilson, I believe is his Mm -hmm. name. Okay. And he tells some stories, probably 60, 70, 80, 90% of them you've heard before on DVD extras and stuff like that. Maybe a few new details here and there. Uh, But, mostly stuff you kind of heard before and then fade out, come back to Michael Gross recording his ending, you know, in some other studio in another part of the world. Uh, join us next week. It's okay, but hmm. 
Oh, look at this. Curtis is in the chat. Wow. Oh, first my goodness. Time. First time, long time. <laughs> well, we spoke about tremors. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to rewind a bit, Curtis, because there's a tremors podcast. Yeah, it's not that good. Well, it's too bad because that's that's what you would want. You'd want Michael Gross sitting there. Yeah, I, I, it sounded like they were just going to get together and uh, and, you know, do some talking. Just have a conversation. I thought that would be great. But it, it just sounds like they've pieced together. Who knows when these other recordings were done? They might have just had this audio laying around and figured, like, what are yeah. we going to do with this? It didn't make it onto the, the Blu-ray extra pack. We got these yeah. extra little snippets. Oh, we'll throw them together in audio form and release them that way. Nice. Mm. Uh, but it's still, I'll listen to all the ones that are coming up just in case you get that nice uh, new detail. Well, let me know when uh, Reba makes an appearance. My friend Reba. So. From what you said, she doesn't want to have anything to no, do with that. So. That nonsense. Yeah. She wants to bring her uh, sitcom back. She did have a sitcom for a while, didn't she? Yeah, it was, it was called Reba. Reba. Okay. Do, 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 do. See, I got to keep bringing up the, uh, the outline here. Now, uh, Kind of on the same vein, I finally watched, oh my God, VHS. <laughs> VHS virus. I don't believe you growing. people. I can't it believe this. I, it, what, I, I, creepy Josh, I just, I watched one of his pickup videos and right into the VHS. I'm like, the VHS just keeps growing, man. Keeps it's growing. just, uh, they're trying to get in early. They're trying to get in before anybody else starts jacking these prices I up. I'm like, I oh, all right, well, I can buy it. I who, can buy it. Who's buying this? Everybody's at streams movies. <laughs> they can't even sell Blu-rays now. People stream movies. They don't want them. They're not buying VHS. I think these people well, are that, nuts. Let's see. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, when you buy your, your movies at a thrift shop, you see Blu-rays, you see DVDs, and the DVDs are primarily kind of a set price, right? Everything's lumped in right now around about when I go to the the thrift store, they used to price the Blu-rays a little more than the DVDs, but at my mission thrift, they just did away with all that. And everything's three bucks. doesn't matter what it is. $3. Sometimes you'll get uh, like a, like a collection. Like it'll be like Mad Men season one or whatever, like those TV series or that. They might put them at four to six dollars, maybe. Or like a, an anthology of movies. Yeah, like if like it'll that. say if it says a TV series volume one, you know, they might put a few more dollars on it. But if it's just a straight up movie, or even if it's like a TV series that's just in a regular DVD case, three dollars right across hmm. the board. Because uh, uh, lately, over the past, what I feel has been like over the past year or so. Hey, Rocket Sauce is here now. Oh, there you go. I think you'd like my pickups, weird stuff, Oscar's Greatest Moments. Oh, my goodness. 71 to 91 has Jack Lemmon and Walter Matho on the back. Couldn't resist for a You know dollar. what Oscar's Greatest Moments is? Uh, go to YouTube. When you feel <laughs> like I was that. just gonna say, <laughs> remember that thing that happened? Click I YouTube. Bet you, All right. I bet you if we typed in Jack Lemon, Walter Matthau, Oscars. Absolutely, because that, that's what I did like a year ago when I was thinking about that. Walter Matthau, uh, Jack Lemon, Oscars. Is Mr. Jack Lemon here today? 1988. 
There we go. Put that in there. Oh, look at that. Full screen and everything. Yeah, it's probably going to be like uh, HD. Look at that. There we go. Jack Lemon laughing. Walter Matthau. Boom. There you go. Mm -hmm. How but much he, did that cost you, Kevin? Nothing. Well, I guess it cost, if you want, it cost me my internet uh, connection subscription. Mm -hmm. wow. How much there space you do you need to put that on your shelf? Nothing. Zero. Mm -hmm. Zip. But he's happy. He's got something in his house that has a picture of Walter Matthau. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't. I can't complain because you know what I bought the other day. I bought a DVD. I bought that. We uh, got. We found the exact video too. I bought a copy of <laughs> Resident Evil Two: Apocalypse. Ooh, which I already have, but I bought it because I really like the covers of these Resident Evil movies. Well, let's see. Um, I gotta stand up and get it then. How do I do this? Yo. All right, here's the one that I had. This yep. is the Resident Evil Apocalypse, and it's got this like um, transparent thingy. Yeah, it's got a Mila Jovovich on it, and then yep. it's just got um, what's that thing? Nemesis. Yep, that's right. I don't know this. That bridge, stuff. by the way. That that's on that cover. That bridge. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a bridge in there. Yeah, it's in the movie. It's it. The, that okay. movie's filmed in Toronto, and that of bridge. Course. So when they, um, Ooh. when they, <laughs> so they they chose that bridge because it's uh, notorious for people uh, committing suicide on that bridge, <laughs> and they have huge uh, uh, barbed wire fences along the sides mm -hmm. of the bridge. So that's what those barbed wire fences are for, for to keep people from jumping over and oh, but it suicide. looks like but it, it looks, looks like like Resident yeah, Evil like, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's why they crowd control. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, hear people throw themselves in front of trains. Yeah, that works too. So uh, this is the one I had. I bought this um, at a it was like a charity event. I got it for a dollar like many many years ago. Um. But I had always been looking out for this one, uh, which Final has Hazard Two. Yes, the Japanese version, which oh. has your Mila Jovovich on the front, and then you got um, your Jill Valentine oh. on the back, and that's one of them fancy cardboard covers. And then you got your uh, your DVD on the inside. Right on. But now I would actually buy another one of these so I can show both sides. I have an odd fascination with these uh, Resident Evil movies. Um, I don't own all of them, but I'm slowly picking up. Uh, you can find because, them for cheap, that's for sure. Yes, and yeah. I, I don't know why, but I really like the covers. It's just Mila Jovovich. Like, here's look at this uh, Part Five yeah. one. Oh yeah, it's got. They like. I really like these images for some reason, and then you, you slip it out, and then she's in there, and it opens up. And look at all that stuff in wow, there. Wow, you got stuff. There's stuff. Yep. There's like a there's some some stupid like anime drawing card in here. And it's got um some kind of uh umbrella corporation garbage and advertisements for stupid games I'll never play. And and it's got a DVD and a Blu-ray of a movie that's not very good. Oh, 
Blu-ray. Very nice. Uh, Rocket Sauce says the movies are odd because they stink. Yeah, they're not good. No, they're they're not good. They aren't unwatchable though. That's the weird thing. I think they're stupid fun. You know. Yeah. Like when Jill Valentine walks into the room and she starts shooting everything up, and it's just—it's so stupid. Look at this one. This is one of them uh, afterlife steel casey things. It's got a—it's got a thing on the back. I don't know what that is. Wow. It's on yeah, there. You got—you got some crazy stuff over there. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can get these steel book casey things there. I have this on uh, DVD too. Is this going to be the show stuff show? Because I can show this. Look at this. I just got, um, I just got a Raiders. Oh, nice. The fortieth one, and look at that. Take take a minute to soak that in. It says Raiders. Of that's the right. Art. Doesn't say doesn't Indiana say Jones. Indiana Jones. That that's good. I had no idea they did that on Blu-ray. I thought it because they changed the branding in the nineties, right? Right. Well, this one just came out. It's got the little fortieth anniversary. Mm. sticker thing on there oh right okay. that's the nice thing is occasionally you can find in a region one blu-ray or dvd that shows up here on amazon so i grab them when i see them i also i'm just gonna start showing stuff because nobody's stopping me i also found <laughs> this in the shop look at that Ooh, firefly right on i've never seen this but i found it for five bucks in the thrift shop and it's the the u.s cool. or north american release well you should watch that I will, eventually. I just watched Ghostbusters 2 yesterday with my kids. Oh, they've been playing that on TV with the uh, Halloween. <clears throat> you know what I realized? Ghostbusters 2 is a better, lesser sequel than Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Well, you get better for longer. I mean, I think, I think Ghostbusters 2... Is a is a solid movie until you get to the walking statue liberty. That's where it starts to kind of the the part lose. where it falls for me is when Janine and Lewis are leaving the building to go babysit, and that's when it just introduces silly side plot and you're derailed from the main yeah thrust they, of the movie. The movie definitely does suffer from we gotta like we got to give Lewis Tully something to do and we got to give Jimmy yeah. something to do because they didn't really have. Yeah. They didn't have know. anything important to do and there weren't enough oddball scenes of them. I mean, in the end credits, they got like Janine, like getting ghost traps handed to her and she's walking off them. They could have like there spliced a, lot... a little bit of that into the, the main If you, movie. uh, if you read the uh, the novelization, there was a lot that was uh, cut out that built up to them to uh, getting together. Yeah, it does just come out of nowhere. And then suddenly it, the movie gets very silly after that point. That's that's when you get the ghost train scene. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, like. Oh, I like these, the ghost train. Subtle, the subtle silly from the beginning, but then it gets kind of like ultra silly towards the end. I, I like the ghost train. I like the ghost train, but it, it is a sillier moment compared to how the comedy was played earlier with Egon, you know, uh, turning up the temperature on the people waiting right, to be, yeah. for their marriage yeah. counseling and stuff. 
Okay. Film looks good though. Looks good in well, Blu-ray. Pe- people are already looking forward to your Firefly review. So, well, that's going to take a little time. I'll give you my review of the cover of Ghostbusters Two. This yeah. is awful. <laughs> this is like the worst cover I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know why they went that way. It's terrible. Okay, we still got a lot of stuff here. We can. We can. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, what do we um? <laughs> What so you did you oh. watch the adventures of Pluto Nash? Yes, that was What's the thing. You? Why would um, you do this? Well, because you got it on DVD. <laughs> I found a copy on DVD when I was okay. out shopping. Okay. And um I really liked the cover. I liked the whole like retro futurism, you know, duck dodgers in the 24th century kind of look that this thing has. Yeah. And I know it's directed by Ron Underwood, who did Tremors and City oh. Slickers. Okay. The perfect Tremors and the pretty, pretty, really good City Slickers. Okay. Um, but I knew that this was one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. And it's like, it can't be that bad. You know, maybe it's people blowing it out. Like, uh, for a movie to bomb, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it didn't do well mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It could have been marketed yep. poorly. So I was like, all right, I like Eddie Murphy in some things. I like the, the work that uh, Ron Underwood did. And I, I couldn't tell who else was in this, but uh, Rosario Dawson's in it. Uh, you got you got crazy uh, uh, Randy Quaid in there. Uh, so there, give it a shot. And the movie is just boring. It is mm. so boring. It, it's apparently, from what I've read after watching it, uh, is that it suffered from being one of those scripts that just was passed around and passed around and passed around to the point that it, it resembled nothing of what it originally was. It's just been rewritten by so many different people and then uh, directors get attached and then they break away. And then finally, when it this production went underway, Eddie Murphy kind of took control and he, he was determined for it to be like a Beverly Hills cop vibe where the story is kind of straight and then he is just the comedic element rather than having comedy infused with the script so he would be rewriting it and huge mess it Mm. it killed ron underwood's movie career because after this he just started doing tv and you know director for hire kind of stuff well part of the reason why it it bombed so badly is because it it cost so much right it was it had a huge budget movie yeah like there was a lot of effects and whatnot this is uh like over a hundred million way back when you know before the days of the big marvel movies so that's not that's not good for a director because a director is one of his jobs is to keep everything moving and under budget you know yeah so well i i've never had any desire to see it that the marketing for it was just all over the place and i was just like well you're not missing anything I, I couldn't even tell you, like, well, you might want to check out this scene or anything like that. It's just not worth no, it. No bueno. And I felt that, that, did that come out before or after Men in Black? Because it felt like it was going for that kind of vibe, too, oh, just from the gosh. marketing of Men it. Men in Black was like 97. I think so. Um, 2002. Yeah. So they probably already did two Men in Black movies. So that, that's what I remember from it. They were trying to, they couldn't get Eddie Murphy in a Men in Black movie. So, you know, he just made a, a Men in Black movie instead. They got Michael Jackson. In Men in Black? 
He did a cameo, yeah, in oh. two or three or something like that. You know, I don't think I've ever seen any of the sequels. Don't. I was a huge fan of the first movie. I I, I enjoyed it. I think the first movie is really first really movie good. is really good. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is great in it. Um, what's it? Uh, Kingpin. What's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio. He's really yeah. funny in it. Yeah. Will Smith is Will Smith. Um, but it's it's a good movie. But then the uh, the sequels came. No, out. I just I had don't. no desire. I just had no desire. Two is oh. awful. Three I saw on an airplane. That was awful. Losing the Q dogs. Oh. I didn't call Gotta do mom stuff. Okay. Uh, you wanted to talk about DVDs? Well, that's what I was... Oh, didn't we talk about <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> it says, are DVDs retro price? Yeah, because that's the thing. Um, I've noticed that the prices of secondhand Blu-rays, and even just uh, buying them new, has dropped considerably where I am uh, over the past year or so. So that's why I've been finally switching over. Um, but I've noticed that quite often you'll find a Blu-ray and a DVD... And they'll be the same price or really close mm. to the same price. <clears throat> but then occasionally you do find DVDs that are just really expensive. You know, suddenly like you like a couple bucks, couple bucks, and then it'll be a uh, thousand yen or, or, or 2000 yen, 3000 yen for some of these DVDs. And like, is this, is this because it like limited run, you know, low production order, whatever, is it because it's older now? So I'm just curious if DVDs in your area are becoming a retro thing. But no, you said they're not, all not yet. Two like bucks, probably, three bucks. Yeah, probably at some point they they might be, but not yet. I don't think it has that nostalgia tie uh, yet. But yeah. I have noticed that the prices have have dropped on Blu-rays in particular, and I think it's just people dumping out of their collections. Yeah, well, you know, I can understand the, it because of streaming now. Right. You, right. you figure, I, I don't know the numbers, but I imagine that they sell more movies than they do video games, right? Oh, yeah. When a movie well, comes only... out, they produce, they pump out so many DVDs and Blu-rays, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Video games, still kind of a smaller yep. market. Yep. So years later, when you want to get that stuff back... Most people who watch movies are just going to Netflix. They're going to Amazon, just, just streaming everything. But not everything is there. So if you want the movie, you got to sometimes get a physical copy. But if there's so many out there, I don't know, I'm just wondering if movies are ever going to get to, uh, you know, those those crazy aftermarket prices. Well, like, for instance, like I for the longest time I, I had a bunch of Disney movies in my Amazon wish list because I was waiting for them to drop in price because Sarah had asked me like she's like I want she had like a, a list of five that she really wanted so I waited for them to drop in price or whatever and I got her like the Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and a, a few others and that because you would go out and you would never find Disney stuff like uh, Disney, Disney tax and, is high and the Blu-rays or DVDs, never find them. But once that Disney Plus came on, like we just went today, and it was like someone dumped out of their Disney collection, and they had like every – it was just regular Blu-ray. It wasn't 4K or anything like that. But they, it, a bunch of them were there. I bought one. I bought Tangled, 
because I hear it's good. And I was like, well, for three dollars, let's see if this one's good. And then when I got home, three dollars. Like, yeah, then when I got home, like I think I got that on Disney Plus because I, I got access to Disney Plus oh, through, sure through a friend. So it's probably there, but I don't know, whatever. Anyways, I hear it's good. Uh, for three dollars, I'd pick it up. Yeah, I look I don't at the think... Disney movies for my kids once in a while, and they're, those are the ones that are so hard to go down. You still see them for like twenty bucks, and like it's, it's like Aladdin came out like thirty years ago. Yeah, why is it yeah, thirty dollars? Uh, Disney tax, man. Uh, Rocket Sauce is streaming in four K uh, HD yeah. Blu-ray. <laughs> I don't think four K DV uh, discs though are really killing the other two market as we as we saw in past episodes of retro Fandango, when I showed that pie chart, DVDs still dominate mm -hmm. the, the physical movies. Uh, you know, like it's, I, I, looked it, up, I looked up something the other day to see like, um, like new releases. I, I never thought to check like what are new releases coming out on, uh, you know, Blu-ray and, and ultra whatever. And, and there was a listing and it was like, okay, uh, 4K, remastered, 30th anniversary, blah, 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 all this. And then there was just a flood of DVDs of like all kid shows and, you know, just uh, pump out DVDs. They're cheap. Yeah. Just get them out there. Get them out there. Well, part of it is the licensing with the Blu-rays and 4K. You've you got to go through Sony. So, you know, like you got to go through Sony for their it's, – it's really just the software that's on there. It's some sort of – javascript or something that they have to get access to so sony takes a stipend from it whereas dvds anyone can make a dvd it doesn't matter there's no restriction on it so you can make a dvd really cheap you know and put it put product on the shelf for people to buy whereas you know blu-rays you can't do that you gotta go through that extra step and for a lot of companies it's just not worth it and at the end of the day, Blu-rays do not sell as much as DVDs do. Mm -hmm. Like it's, but that's just because it's accessible to people. Like people have DVD players; they don't really care about HD or whatever. They just want to put the disc also, in the, and watch. Depends, the like on on the TV you're using. You know, uh, unless yep. you're unless you're using a, a pretty significantly sized TV with like a really nice picture quality. We'll notice for, that for much. most people dvd is good enough they just don't care they're like what oh i could spend ten dollars on this dvd or eleven dollars on this blu-ray well i'm gonna save myself a dollar because i don't really care i don't really see the difference or whatever mm -hmm. you know so and that's that's why because dvd sells so much like i think like that's why they just priced everything at the mission thread for three dollars because blu-rays just sit there forever because it's a bit of a niche market you know mm -hmm. whereas dvds fly off the shelf more often I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's a lot of old people that are shopping there too, right? It is a mm, church true. mission thrift, mm. you know, and they just don't care. They got it. They got their DVD player. It works. They put a disc in. They don't want anything else. They don't want the newfangled technology or anything. So I, I get the warning if I buy one at a secondhand shop. Yeah, I gotta go up with a Blu-ray, and they're like, "This is a Blu-ray. Is that okay?" <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Well, and then. Uh, uh, oh fuck! I, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Anyways, there you go. Hmm. All right, we'll buy yep. your VHS tapes. Yep, we're talking about DVDs. I, I will admit though, and... if I saw Resident Evil on VHS, I'd probably pick it up. <clears throat> no, you wouldn't. Just, Come on, just just to, just to <laughs> stick it there. If it had a nice cover. 
That virus is just spreading, man. It's just spreading. Well, I did. I did show this on Bill's show, but I did end up. uh, You bought a VHS tape. I was looking for VHS for Bill. You bought a VHS tape. It wasn't turning down everything, but I and I found you talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's still sealed. Oh, and it has the Kmart sticker on it. You make whatever excuses you want as to why it was okay to buy that VHS tape. Uh, so I, I have my shame, my shame pile there too. I've got Star Wars. It's the only VHS I have. I got those two right here. I think you got the fancier version than I do. You got the the widescreen. No. These are these are like before THX. Oh, that's a neat yeah. cover. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe that is the one that I have. Oh yeah, yeah. Those, those are the ones that came in the three pack. That's what I have. I got the box they're, for it though. They're original, original cuts. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Toku Joe says Blu-rays have gone into more of a collector's market, which is good in some ways because you have boutique labels releasing more niche titles to appeal to the nerds. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, like you got Arrow and your Show Factory and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, like that that RoboCop release. That was an Arrow release. You know, that had all tremors and stuff like that. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that because I forgot to mention. You mentioned you might hold on to RoboCop for me. And you, you found my, it. My you wife it. bought it for me oh. for my birthday, so I have. That. There you go. That's 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 the exact copy I was gonna. I was gonna Thank give you. you. Very much, but, uh, yeah. My wife is nice to me. Cool. All right. Oh, yeah. Time um, Machines. I wanted to talk yeah. about Time Machines. That was the title of the episode, so I guess we better get to it. So the other day, I put uh, a poll out on Twitter asking people, what is the best time machine? And I listed you know, some, some of my favorite time machines in cinema. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they are, I can't remember right now. So let me see. Uh, I had I had the DeLorean there, of course. Of course. I had the uh, phone booth from Bill and Ted. Of course. I had Doctor Who's TARDIS. Is, did they do a uh, movie of Doctor Who? Because you just said cinema. There, are, well, I guess technically I'm safe because there are two Doctor Who movies out there. There was one that was released in the '60s. Um. That had that was like a side thing from from the TV show, and then there there was a a movie released in 1995 that is canon with the rest of the series. Um, I hate trying to find my Twitter polls on Twitter. Yeah, they don't make them very easy. You get a notice <laughs> when it expires, <laughs> like, and you never see it again. Where is that? Uh, so what, what's the point of all this? Uh, I, I imagine it's because you have stumbled across some time machine that you think is cooler than all of the ones that people normally think of. No, no, no. I was just thinking, okay, so what I was, okay, well, how am I going to, how am I going to? Because you obviously people are going to say like the time vehicle from Back to the Future. Or right. The phone well, booth see, or the TARDIS. That's the thing. That just, I, it just kind of shows you how ridiculous polls are. And how ridiculous voting is because people, they just went with like the, the time machine that they wanted to have a beer with, right? That's a time machine I could have a beer with. And they went right with DeLorean right away. So the majority of people picked the DeLorean because it is, it is the coolest. It's the but, coolest. It's the biggest spectacle of, you know, having a right. race up and leaving those flame tracks. That's awesome. Right. 
I'm almost there. I almost found it. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you not continue your conversation it without is, staring it, at the pole? I am a man, and I cannot multitask. Multitasking is great for. Other if you people. need time for that, I can try to find out when Tom Cruise hid in the bathtub. No, you can't. I'll try it right now. You can't find it. Let's see. Is this I it? No, that's not it. I'm at, I'm at the Tremors uh, podcast tweet. Uh, no, I can't find it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways. The best what? bath scene, Mission Impossible 2. He is in a bathtub in Mission Impossible 2. I was right. Well, then he's also in a bathtub in Minority Report. And apparently Jack Reacher. And Jack Reacher. So that must be his thing. Maybe he just has his own private bath that he has on set. And some days they can't get him out of it. <laughs> like, we'll just shoot the scene here. Okay. This is, this is, okay. So this was the poll. I finally found it. So we had the DeLorean, the TARDIS, phone booth. And then I went with, I, I went with, I was thinking about Star Trek time travel. And I just went with the bird of prey. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, out of the 35 people who voted, 54.3% picked the DeLorean. 28.6% mm -hmm. uh, picked the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Only 11% picked uh, the phone booth from Bill and Ted. Mm -hmm. And 5% picked Star Trek's Bird of Prey. I, yeah, I, I believe all of those numbers to be pretty those accurate. All... What you would get if you asked a general audience. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. I asked what the best time machine is. And you have to think in terms of if you were stuck, say you were stuck 100 years in the past and you needed a time machine to get you back to your time. You don't want to be stuck 100 years in the past. What would you pick? Would you pick the DeLorean? Would you pick the TARDIS? Would you pick the phone booth? Or would you pick the bird of prey? See, if I, if I worded the question like that, I think I would get a whole set of different answers. Right. Well, because okay. The, the, the time machine that is the most reliable out of all those, and I think you're going to like this answer, is the phone booth from Bill and Ted. I was thinking it, it's probably, well, I don't know anything about the TARDIS. I've not seen Doctor Who. So that is also a phone booth thing. Cause my initial okay, thought, hold on, I got to stop you there because I, I, the, the TARDIS is not a phone booth. The okay, TARDIS well, explain is, it to me. The TARDIS is, it's a ship that is in disguise as a police box. Okay. A London police box. It has a chameleon circuit in it that is supposed to allow it to hide as anything it, it, it gets. So if it is in, like, say it was in now, it would hide itself as, you know, I don't, like a, an Apple store or something like that. It just has the ability to hide disguise itself, but it's chameleon circuit is broken. So when he took it to 1960s, London, it, it broke and it, it disguised itself as a police box and it's stuck as that thing. Okay. Anyways, what I was thinking about is that in bill in the bill and Ted movies, the clever thing that they never do in those movies, because if you think of any time travel movie, the thing is, is that the time travel device, the machine, isn't working. That's always like the cliche. Like they need mm -hmm. to get to a time thing, but it's not working right. It's not. The, but they never went to that in Bill and Ted. 
But then I was thinking in in Star Trek Four, they went back in time. But of course they had to get all that stuff. They had they had to get some power to get back in normal time. Plus you needed Spock's calculations to get you through all that, right? To figure all that mm-hmm. stuff out. Whereas the phone booth in Bill and Ted, all you needed to all you needed was the phone book, right? You just go in it, you look at the phone book. Oh, it's you know, this is the thing, punch in the number, and you're at that time. And they're the only time travel movies that I can think of that never use the time machine as with all the time traveling that they do in those movies. They never use that as a plot device that the, that the machine itself isn't working. There was a scene in the first one where it wasn't working. They very briefly got stuck after they captured all of the historical figures. Uh, they're all standing out of the booth because there's too many people and they say <laughs> they think the booth is broken they stop it in like oh, um, right because the prehistory the was cracking they right? they use bubble gum and pudding cans to fix right the right top. right right okay okay it wasn't a major thing though it was just kind of like a a quick scene right but for it the wasn't most part the, the third act drama for the most part the thing is reliable technology from the future that they use in the future all the time and, it, and it's so reliable that all Bill and Ted is have do all they have to do is think of something, and they just have to remind themselves to do it in the future, you know, mm-hmm. so they can get through things. Yeah. Well, yeah, I when you said which is the more reliable, uh, which one would get you out of a jam? It's like, yeah, okay, the DeLorean got to have gas. Uh, you got to get gotta up to space. eighty-eight miles per hour. So you got to have one point one one point twenty-one gigawatts of power. Well, once it once it gets the future refit and it can fly, that makes it a bit easier. It still left them stranded in eighteen eighty five. Well, there was an accident there. Yeah, <laughs> you can have an accident with the the phone booth too. You could lose sure. the book. I'm saying it's more reliable. It's made out of paper. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. What if it rains? Full, full proof. I'm not saying it's foolproof. I'm saying it's more reliable. More if reliable. You were, right. If you were stuck in a time where you did not want to be in and you wanted to get back home, which device would you pick? Well, um, you might be uh, left in the dust here because you said you stopped reading the Harry Potter books, but there is a device in the Harry Potter universe called the Time Turner, which is basically a pocket watch that you wrap around yourself and use that to travel through time. Yeah, I don't no want gas, Harry Potter, no batteries. So it count. <laughs> sticks it right, sticks it right in your pocket. Okay. No, I don't watch Harry Potter, so that doesn't count. And, and Harry Potter's count. magic, right? It's not a machine. They do it through magic, or is it it's an a actual watch. machine? It's a watch. I don't know. Mm, does it need magic? I, I'm gonna, I'm canceling out any magic. Mm, Curtis on my side. Curtis doesn't. Curtis doesn't. Curtis doesn't know anything. I do a podcast with him now. I've learned that he doesn't know anything unless he agrees with me. Then. All right. I'll be careful not to mention that to him. Don't let him know. <laughs> Keep it between us. Okay. He doesn't know anything. No problem. All right. There you go. Anyways, out of those four, let's just say out of those four, <laughs> I think the phone with him. Because the TARDIS is a little, it's a little iffy too. It doesn't always take him exactly where he is. They're kind of like in the show, they kind of, you're never hundred percent sure if he made a mistake because he's, he's too arrogant to admit that he, he's, he could make a mistake or we, you never know if it's actual 
the actual machine. You could have you could have the Enterprise E because they followed the Borg sphere. Yeah, again, know. that was the Borg doing the time travel thing. But at the end, they 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 said, "Oh, we found a way to reproduce that. So now yeah. we can go back home." And we yeah. hid behind the moon, so yeah. the Vulcans didn't know we were here. Yeah, we were physically hiding. Now, behind the moon. You know, it, I'll just I'll, I I disqualified any movie that sucks. Okay. <laughs> So no, it doesn't work. There was a movie called Hot Tub Time Machine. I did I think about s- putting the hot tub in there. I never I saw did. that. I, so it, I it's okay. It's it, it's fine. But I I don't remember enough of it to actually include it. But anyways, hmm. all right. Um, Child's Play. You watched the Mark Hamill one. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I I watched the remake. Um, and I can I. 100% understand why you didn't like it because it's kids and you don't like kids don't and like they kids. were they were grouping together against Chucky right yeah mm. yeah yeah i thought it was okay i thought it was fine it it was it would have been better if it had nothing to do with child's play if it was just its own thing it's it's further away it it's Basically, Brad Dorff's version of Chucky, uh, you know, is kind of the heart of those movies. Uh, yeah. So basically taking that away and then replacing him with somebody else who has a different take on it. Eh, it's just pointless. I thought Mark Hamill's character was, was fine. It, it just wasn't Chucky. Like yeah, it, it was, wasn't Chucky. Yeah, if it was a different character... You know, uh, if it was just a different movie, if it wasn't a child's play movie. Oh, Curtis asked, what about the naked energy ball? And the Terminator movies? I didn't, uh, I didn't include it because, well, yeah, one, you got to get naked Two, It's only a one way trip. Yeah. You got to have somebody else operate it. Yeah. You're you're not coming back. You basically only work from the machine. Right. So it's no good. No bueno. There you go. Plus I don't want to get naked. No. Not in front of you. You get, to, you get to do that cool pose, though. <laughs> yeah, just you just show your side bum. Next time, next time you're about to get in the shower, after you strip down, do that Terminator pose. See how cool you feel. Okay. I don't think I will, but I'll imagine it. <laughs> Everyone anyways, listening, that's your assignment. Anyways, Child's Play uh, remake was okay. Just uh, if you if you go into it not thinking of it as a child's play movie, just think of it as its own thing. I th- I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. But as it like that, I, I did like, like I did like how Chucky was confused. They they had the thing at the beginning where he's his programming's all messed up, like all the safeguards. It's like the the Krusty the Clown doll. <laughs> Somebody said it to evil. Well, it's it's funny too how. <laughs> I think in the eighties we had a better grasp of who the bad guys were than we do today. Mm-hmm. I think today they have indoctrinated all of humanity, especially us in this part of the world with all of the, so much guilt that we feel as if we are responsible for everything that is wrong in this world. In the eighties, what did you have? The first movie, it was a serial killer. He was the bad guy. He put himself, his conscience, inside of a doll, and that was the bad guy. 
in the mm-hmm. second movie, who is the bad guy? A big evil corporation that put its own interests above mm-hmm. people. Yeah, that's who the bad guys are. In this movie, who's the bad guy? Well, we're exploiting all the people overseas by making these dolls, and that's what ended up creating Chucky. So we're the bad guys. Like, no, come on. We In the 80s, we knew who the bad guys were, and we got to get back to that. OCP? Sky yeah, that's 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 who the evil people were. Monopolies <laughs> and corporations and serial killers. That's it. Hans Gruber. Us. We gotta we gotta forgive ourselves for like I don't put myself in the situation where I gotta drive you know 35 minutes a day to to work and use burning up fossil fuels both ways. That's I didn't do that. That's society that's that's way that they designed everything. They put these friggin' suburbs all over the place and made it so I can only afford a house out there and have to drive into work every day. I do Well, the they also sell got, bicycles and whose fault is it I for I can't you bike now? that far. Well, and maybe you should hit the gym more often. I don't think hitting the gym would get me to a point where I could bike that far. My knees would explode. I got a, a fuel efficient car. I don't buy a big SUV. I'm doing the best I can, but geez, like these movies, they just want to make you feel bad for because you wanted to buy a doll for your kid and the <laughs> like, come on. Relax, people. Relax. Take it easy. We gotta we gotta stop, you know, blaming ourselves for everything and realize that who the real bad guys are. So look at the 80s Chucky movies. We want to know who the real bad guys are. And RoboCop, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. Those are the bad guys, not us. Stop blaming ourselves. All right. Uh, I got more. Mo- right. You want to talk about your most bizarre movie? And then I could. Yes, because okay. Curtis is here. He's probably the only person uh, who, who might have seen this. Um, I watched the most bizarre movie that I've ever seen in my life. And I, I was uh, looking around on Tubi, as I do occasionally. <laughs> Checking out their cult movie section, because that's where you find the fun stuff. And I saw Peter Weller's name pop up. Oh. All right, Peter Weller. And I saw Roy Scheider's name in there. Ooh, I like Roy Scheider. And that was interesting because uh, Roy Scheider, of course, was in Jaws. And Peter Mm -hmm. Weller starred in Leviathan, which is basically a ripoff of Jaws. Like, oh, they're going to be in this together. It's a movie called Naked Lunch. Oh, <laughs> David Cronenberg film. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the description was like Peter Weller, Roy Scheider, giant bugs. Like, oh, all mm-hmm. right, why not? Let's uh, check this out. And I started watching this movie. I had no idea what was going on, but it was a, a well-made film. You know, it looked great. The, the actors were really, they were dedicated to this material. They were giving it their all. Really good performances, uh, some nice lighting, some great special effects and props. I just kept thinking, if I watch five minutes more, I'm going to understand what's going on. They're going to they're gonna let that shoe drop, and I'm going to figure this out. By the end of the movie, I was scratching my head. I didn't know what way was up. I, I couldn't tell you what the main goal of this film was. I had to look it up afterwards and like, oh, it's from a book and social commentary and and this and that. And basically just a writer who hallucinates. And man, that was some weird movie. Cronenberg is the Canadian Terry Gilliam. 
I, you know, I want to. I was like thinking a lot of Terry Gilliam as I was watching this. I want to um, like those movies so much, but it's just all over my head. I don't get any of it. I need a simple story, man. I'm not, I'm not intelligent enough to understand all that stuff. Oh, it's Oku Joe with the Simpsons references. I can think, I can of, think of at least two things wrong, things wrong with that title. <laughs> Come on, Rocket Sauce, where are you? It was supposed to be yours. Oh, I. <laughs> Curtis I haven't, says, seen, haven't seen, seen the naked lunch, but he's had it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might want to check that out, Curtis, because it is a wild ride. Uh, really quality filmmaking, though. Like it, it's it's yeah. interesting. He probably should be a cinematographer rather than really a interesting. Although sometimes it, they had some really cheap sets, which I know is a Cronenberg thing. You just you know use what's available. It kind of looked like they were on the Planet of the Apes set. You know, just rocky cliffs and things. I don't know. Weird, 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 weird movie. All right. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I can't even try to describe it. Well, I watched uh, some uh, movies other than uh, Child's Play. Um, I finally watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original? Yeah, the original. I have. I think I've seen it twice. I I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, as far as slasher movies go, you know? It's a slasher movie with a message, like a a clear, understandable message. What was the message? (laughs) It was was commentary on um, uh, the meat market and how we slaughter cows and things. That's why there's all the footage of the cows in the beginning and how the... The kids are like clubbed over the head and yeah, eaten. yeah. I thought that was just kind of the foreshadowing thing that they were doing. Like he's telling the story of the bolt thing. So when you see it later in the movie, you know what it's designed for, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that they do a lot in movies. But okay, sure. All right. I'll I'll give you that. Um yeah, I thought it like like I'm not a big slasher guy. I'm not a big, you know, horror guy. I'm not an expert at it, but as just as a as a movie, I thought it was pretty good. There was some genuine tension there as, uh, you know, when he was chasing uh, the girl through the, the woods and stuff. And uh, I, I liked, too, how, like, the people in the movie weren't that stupid. Like, they were trying to find their friends and they all go in, like, they go into this house one at a time. But they, you know, the house is kind of, like, it doesn't have, like, a warning sign right at the beginning, like, hey, don't go in there, right? So they go in there, and they end up in that room, and Leatherface cuts them up. and So, I, I don't know. I thought it was okay. Um And then I watched mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Have you ever seen that? That I've never seen. Wow, that is... <laughs> that is a movie. That is a movie where I... <laughs> I don't know what the heck it's trying to be. It is ridiculous. It seems like a mo- I bet you Toku Joe loves that movie because it just seems out there. Like, so it's a it's a slasher film made by the the guy who did the the first one, but this one he seems to just want to sort of make a comedy, but he kind of only goes like it's not like Gremlins two where Joe Dante just went all out and was breaking the 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 fourth wall and all that stuff, whereas this one's just kind of weird like it's just weird it's it's and and gets dumb at and and here's the problem with it it kind of just follows the same beats as the first movie but mm-hmm. in a jokey way kind of thing and then like at the end like it's just 
it's really the so same is it, it kind of like all the nightmare in elm street and jason where they just started getting silly after a while i guess so but this went like you know at least jason there was like a you know a decline like there was movies before you got to that point right <laughs> or this is just like it was like a, a, a 90 degree turn right when you got to that what uh, um what year was that made 80s mid 80s like 85 86 or something mid 80s like all right so yeah. that is after he had worked on uh poltergeist yes i think this was his follow-up poltergeist so you know poltergeist got kind of silly yeah uh, and maybe maybe he just got influenced by the the style of the time yeah or maybe well, that's what he wanted from the beginning but he just no <laughs> like dennis hopper like like he's like the he's the uncle of the kids who got killed in the first movie. So he's on a revenge mission because the family somehow slid through the cracks and didn't get uh, arrested or anything like that. None of their antics got. So they're still able to do their if you haven't seen the first one, it's it's a group of cannibals who are, you know, really killing all these people. And Leatherface is their guy that goes out and kills them and then brings them back and, and they eat them. Um and in this one, like they're still able to do their, he's actually, it's kind of funny at the start. He's, uh, he's actually in a, a chili uh, contest, you know? So you know that the chili he's making is from human meat and oh, he wins right, the contest, right. you know, what they can so, Yeah. It's like one of those things like, okay, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny, I guess, but like, it doesn't really, but, and then Dennis Hopper is, so he's the uncle and he he goes after leather leatherface with the chainsaw and it's like why wouldn't you go in like with guns and just shoot him and he's got like he he buy he goes in and he buys like this big chainsaw to swing around then he buys these other two chainsaws to keep that in his pockets to zip out and i think yeah it's a, i bet you toku joe would like this one he hasn't seen it yet i got him hooked uh, it's, it's how many out of those there, man. Texas chainsaw movies have there been i know they did like a remake yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, we were done after the second one, though. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. we don't need to see any more of these. Uh, Leatherface never struck me as a a fun movie villain the way Freddy or Chucky are. Leatherface just seemed kind of gross. He is a little bit gross, and like he's kind of um, he's he's just dumb, right? Like he's like the dumb brother that goes. He's out the the baby the- Huey. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of does what his demented family tells yeah. him. Yeah. But it's funny in the second movie. You remember when George went on Cheers had like that hair? He had a, sort of like a little mushroom haircut for a while. His haircut kind of looked this like this like that in the in the second movie. So huh. he looked a lot like George went. Like it looked like George because he's a big fat guy, right? It just looks like George <laughs> went with a mask and a chainsaw. And then the 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 girl that they got in that movie, she just she kind of looked like Laurie Metcalf. So it just looked like a it was like a reunion of eighty sitcoms. Hmm. Um, I finally watched the movie Eight Legged Freaks. Ew, why? Uh, well, it it looked like I I really liked the movie Them from from the forties, and this looked yeah, like big ants, right? And this looked like uh, something that would be in that vein. You know, you got these giant spiders that are terrorizing this this small town, and I thought I was you know I was hoping that I'd be able to go into it and really enjoy it like like Tremors. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, the movie's not that good. It's it's. I've never seen it. Uh, it's just the way it was marketed, the title, uh, David Arquette. It just eh, didn't seem like something I wanted to watch. I mean, it's not it's not terrible. 
it's not bad it's just bland like like really nothing like none of the characters are that interesting and it's just these spiders come attack and they're all cg everything is cg and it's that bad early 20 2000 cg hmm. um, have you ever seen arachnophobia a long time ago like when it first came out and i remember I saw that I, in the theater I, I i saw it as a kid and i i remember not liking it so i, I don't know i really don't remember anything about it other than john goodman says rock and roll that was in the trailer okay um but i can't remember if uh, if that was like little animatronic spiders or real spiders or what, what they did in that i don't remember i don't know all i know is the spiders in this movie were like bad cg and like not even like they, they didn't even like mix it up a little bit like okay use it for some far away shots where everything like if it was if the spider was close up or far away or whatever it was cg hmm. so they had the reason, more interesting characters in it might have been better but yeah uh, the only reason arachnophobia is in my head is just because i'm still watching uh seinfeld i'm up to uh season six now yep and um that shelf in the back of jerry's apartment the first couple seasons it's just vhs tapes with uh, like handwritten labels but then by season five he starts getting like legitimate copies of movies yeah he's got child's play and he's got arachnophobia oh and i'm as i watch through i'm trying to see what all the other titles are i guess i'm you sure could i could see just google now. it like yeah, back it's in a little the sd days that would be hard to read all that stuff but yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm really just trying to check out all the little details in the back now uh, how much time we got here? Oh, we're, we're running a little. Okay, I'll get to uh, a movie I think you would like. Uh, it's called uh, Unleashed. It's with uh, Jet Li, uh, Bob Hoffs, Hoskins. Really? Yeah, and Morgan Freeman. Wow. And I did not think that this movie would be very good. I thought that Morgan Freeman and Hoskins would need just, they needed a paycheck or something like that. Um, now it's not it's not great. It's not a great movie. Oh, okay. I know this is Danny the Dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's like I remember some... hearing that title. I don't know anything about the movie, just the title. Right. Yeah. In some areas, it's called Danny. That's actually the original title that they wanted to call it here, but the movie studio had to step in and say, "No, we're going to call it Unleashed." But if you got a chance to watch it for for on the cheap, I I would check it out. It was it was actually pretty good. It was one of those things where. You know, it's, it's a fairly average story, but Hoskins and Freeman kind of elevate the material a little bit just because it's them. And uh, Hoskins playing this really uh, fun character who's like this boss that uh, can he somehow he gets Jet Li when he's young and he's able to through some sort of psychology. He keeps this dog leash on him. And if once with the dog leash is on him, uh, he, he's like uh, meek. You know, like he won't fight or anything like that. He follows instructions, but he doesn't like do anything violent. And then once Bob Hoskins takes the the leash off of him, that's when he could get him to to fight for him. And he could beat anybody, right? Because he's Jet Li and he just has all the Kung Fu skills and that. So like, you know, even big giant guys that are you know, muscle guys, they, they fall to the Jet Li because he knows where to kick them and where to kill them and stuff like that. So... It was, it was entertaining for what it was. It was like a, an hour and 30-ish minutes, hour 35, which I think falls into your window mm -hmm. of an accessible uh, time. 
103 minutes. Okay, so it's a little longer than that, but still, yeah, that's acceptable. Still, it, it was uh, pretty good. So I got to watch that on my HD DVD and some good audio on that. Yeah. Um, speaking of Jet Li movies, have you ever seen Romeo Must Die? I, I just bought it on DVD, so I haven't seen it yet. Okay, because that I've noticed is on uh, Netflix in my area. And oh, I was okay. like, I don't know. I'll check with you first because you tend to watch those things. I, I haven't seen that one yet, but I do want to watch it. I was going to watch it, but it has Aaliyah in it. Who I, I she's some singer or something that I I don't know. She got she, she is got, she the uh, one that's in that Queen of the Damned vampire movie. I don't know. Because I see the I see the cover for that movie. I, I don't even know where I see it, but I see it all the time. Well, Sarah saw that name on the cover, and she's like, oh, I want to see that. So I've, I've been waiting to watch it with her. Okay. So that's the all only right. reason why I haven't got to it yet. Well, if you think you're going to watch that soon, maybe I'll watch it too, and we can talk about it next time. All right. Well, let's do it. I think we, we will watch it before we record next. So there we okay. go. Right on. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Mighty Q Dog jumped in. Arachnophobia, Real Spiders with One Animatronic by Jamie H. from Mythbusters. I don't know oh. anything about Mythbusters. Well, there you go. I don't know. I remember watching it when I was a kid and I was bored. But, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I, I don't know. I'm guessing the animatronic one is the main spider because I do remember how the how Jeff Bridges uh, defeats the main spider. I don't remember it, I think, from that movie. Spiders. spiders spiders in the house spiders in the house Aren't they, yeah, yeah. they just try well i guess they did john goodman's the exterminator just try fumigating who did that who uh directed that one uh, i don't know oh i thought you had it up i thought you were looking at it arachnophobia Directed by Frank Marshall. Frank Marshall? Frank Marshall. He's one of those uh, Spielberg guys. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was like Spielberg had his name tied to that, right? But it wasn't really a Spielberg movie. It was like Uh, a producer or something. uh, Kathleen Kennedy is his wife. I hear these names all the time. I don't know their uh, inner workings. Okay, I think we're done. Uh, we've recorded enough to appease the fans. All those fans. We got six people watching right now. Two if we count the Q Dogs. So seven. There we go. Hey. Uh, follow us. Why do Q Dogs seems to know a lot about arachnophobia? On Twitter at retro underscore fandango. Um, get a boner with retro fandango. Maybe we'll bring Bar. back that soundboard. At some point, who knows? That's that's what you keep been saying. Check out our Discord. Why not throw that ghost town a bone? I don't. I don't know how the Duke and uh, Chris Roberts got the the corner on Discord. Like it's oh, like they that's do the stuff. happening place. That's the that's the place. That's what's happening. I they mean, go when, there uh, and they talk and they post things, interact. Yeah, interact. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. You want to see my new glasses? Yeah, new glasses. What do you think? Lean a little bit closer or put yourself in a, you know, zoom in. 
I, how do I do that again? Uh, right, there we go. There we go. See, either. All right, new. These are the these are the old Classic, ones. Classic, right? Okay. <laughs> Classic Mars. These are the new ones. Uh they're pretty similar, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but these have these have the uh, where I can read. They got the oh. what do they oh. call it? It's like it's like far up here and near up here, so I can read now. Oh, bifocals. Well, they, those they are call called bifocal. Else. They call them Grandpa something else glasses because they don't want they don't want. So I can read now. <laughs> like, look, look how small this writing is here. I can't even see it. There, look how small. That's tiny I writing. I cannot see that. No. Computer hardware configuration requirements: CPU, CP, an i5, a 3400 uh, or above. Uh, graphics card, PC, NVIDIA GT 630 or above. Uh, doesn't give me the AMD number, so. All right, let's see if you can read anything from the back of this. Can box. I can I do a solo layout on you? Oh, that's all fuzzy though. Well, it says sharp and funny, a savage comedy, sharp and funny. Fasten your ergonomic ergonomic. I'm trying to say, fasten your ergonomic <laughs> seatbelt. You're in for a hilarious ride through the inner workings of office space. Oh, the outrageous wow, hit. You. Oh, oh I was having fun reading. I believe progressives. You. See, Mrs. Q Dog knows it. She knows all the progressives. The old, that's she knows what they the call. Old, yeah, that's what they call senior citizen glasses now. That's right. She knows all the old people lingo because she takes care of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it, everybody. Bailing out. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. I left you on the solo layout for that. <laughs> he knows Bye, your folks. voice. All right. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.